0: Welcome to Just Bugs, an appreciation podcast for those oft-ousted creatures we humans call bugs, despite their official classifications. I'm your host, Savannah, and today I have my co-host, Matt, with me. Hey, hey, hey. Hello.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hello and welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Good to be here. It's good to have you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. We're going to cover a very special bug today. A we very, are. Yeah, very well-known, very well-loved
1: Oh, people Instinct. love when they know the bugs and I love know. the bugs.
0: Yeah, you could you could call this one um like a like a heavy hitter. Is that a thing?
1: Uh yeah, I think so.
0: Sure. It's one of those. It's the Monarch Butterfly. Hey, I
1: know what these are. I, and know. I love them.
0: <laughs> I figured. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, because they're so very well known, uh, there might be kind of a longer episode here. In fact, we might end up with two parts again.
1: Hey, whatever it takes. Yeah. You got to give them all the information, right? Yeah, you
0: guys got to have all of it, you know? There's so much to know, and now you're gonna.
1: And if we go too long, you know we might lose energy. It's better to make sure we give it everything it deserves.
0: All the things. All the things. They deserve it. They're so special and kind and sweet and loving.
1: The the fans or the bug?
0: Both. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, let's, let's get into it. The Monarch Butterfly. Wait, do you have any cool... Mark Butterfly stories. Oh yeah,
1: um, I've seen them on multiple occasions.
0: Ooh, cool story. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nothing memorable. Uh, they just have been around. Yeah. I think that they're native to this area. I would assume because I rarely see other butterflies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes little yellow ones. Those are cute. But uh, yeah, I think mostly just these. So
0: yeah, these are definitely. They never
1: do anything interesting though. Oh, except for exist.
0: Which that's is, which is inherently
1: thing. interesting. Yeah, yeah
0: that's kind of their whole thing. They kind of just exist. I mean, they if do. think
1: about it, existing is
0: fascinating. That's true. <laughs> it's so much harder to
1: exist than not exist. Uh,
0: yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I think in my second grade classroom, we like raised them from caterpillars. That was cool.
1: Oh, wait. I did that too in first okay. grade, so better than you.
0: Oh, oh my, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, we did.
1: We did do that in first grade, and it smelled real bad. The caterpillars Huh,
0: did. interesting.
1: Uh, what, we fed them or something? I don't
0: know. I don't recall bad smells. I do. Hmm. Anyways, <laughs> so there's three described species of monarch butterfly. There is Danius plexippus. That's going to be your typical... Oh, that was
1: my science teacher.
0: Oh, and also the butterflies. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, your typical North American butterfly. That's that's what it's commonly known as, but that's not its actual name. Uh, Danius plexippus. <laughs> <laughs> it translates in Greek to. Sleep. Oh, it's
1: one of the bad guys from Harry Potter.
0: Oh right.
1: Yeah, that's where I know that name.
0: <sighs> Wait, isn't it, is it a is it a bad guy or is it a spell?
1: Well, it's a Slytherin, so you decide.
0: Mm, okay, gotcha. Okay.
1: Damius plexippus. Is that what you said?
0: <laughs> gosh no but that's great <laughs> i thought
1: that's what you said
0: <laughs> Danius plexippus that's exactly what i just he said, said Damius.
1: oh what's the difference
0: <laughs> i don't know all right moving on it translates in greek to sleep transformation it's a, a nod to their hibernation and metamorphosis oh very cool so pretty much any butterfly could have been yeah, called this uh... <laughs> yeah It's not the, yeah,
1: just like I said, they they existed.
0: But of this species, there are actually six subspecies and two color morphs.
1: As in like color variations?
0: Right. Yes, but the subspecies differ pretty much only by their population range and are still genetically the same species. Mm. Mm -hmm. But there are two different types of colors for these guys. Yeah. Then there is the Danius aripus or aripus. Don't know. Didn't look it up because I'm bad. <laughs> That's the southern monarch. Some researchers think that this species separated from Plexippus uh, like two million years ago, and prior to that, they were the same species.
1: Okay, is that one of those things where, like, they they ended up in different environments and mm-hmm. so they evolved differently, yes. and now they're a different species? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: happened before. We I think we've talked about it.
0: It certainly is happening now. It's
1: like divergent evolution or something like that.
0: That sounds right. It's yeah, cl-
1: it's either that or close to it.
0: Oh, I think maybe you're thinking about. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter.
1: I said it was close or not.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> then the last species of monarch butterfly is the Danius cleophile, which is the Jamaican monarch. Oh, cool! I know Jamaican.
1: Does it look the same?
0: I think so. Hmm. I think they're they're pretty similar as far as appearance is concerned. There are slight differences.
1: It's just mostly a regional thing. Yeah, gotcha.
0: Yeah, they they their genes. Are different because they live in different places. Got it. (laughs) But monarch butterflies are insects, they are butterflies, and they're milkweed butterflies. Milkweed? Mm Mm-hmm. They have several other names, including milkweed butterflies. Oh, creative. (laughs) Yes. The common tiger butterfly, the wanderer, and the black-veined brown butterfly. I like that
1: one because that one is just like looking at it and saying words. I like it too. Black vein, brown butterfly. Perfect. Perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that depends mostly on the region. But I mean, they're called monarchs, though.
1: I had a question about it. What were the other names? milkweed. Oh, I I think I've asked this before. What is a milkweed? It's a plant. Is it like a edible plant or is it like a grass?
0: It's like an edible plant for butterflies. Oh. I don't know that we should eat it, though. I'll get into it. You'll see. But let's talk about what these butterflies look like. So they have an average wingspan of 8.9 to 10.2 centimeters, which is like three and a half to four inches. So that's wingspan. So total open wings. Mm. But that's pretty decent as far as their size is concerned. And they weigh about a half gram. And, oddly, the males are actually slightly larger. Is that odd? It is. Usually the females are bigger, no? Oh,
1: yeah. I and then sometimes... Well, it, it, different species, different things. Sometimes the males are, like, way prettier, mm, and sometimes the, the females are, like, way bigger, but uglier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, in this species, they look pretty similar, but the males are bigger. There is sexual dimorphism, as we are talking about, but the females have two pairs of bright orange wings with black lines across them and white spots along the edges of the wings. And the orange can be kind of a gradient of like red, orange, and yellow, just sort of depending on if their wings are open or their color morph, things like that. Then the males have the same wings, but they have little black dots along the black lines of their wings as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm did you oh have, did i was just gonna something? say that
1: milkweed is a looks oh. like a pretty flower <laughs> okay and uh whenever it's hurt it seems to have some kind of like milky substance that comes out and they're considered toxic to humans
0: yeah i knew but that food part. for
1: lots of animals or plants or wait no they're food for lots of <laughs> bugs. bugs i forgot what the other kind of life was
0: <laughs> works
1: yeah aliens i don't know
0: maybe that too you don't know but yeah milkweed oh because the milk that comes out yeah
1: sorry yeah. i didn't mean to derail no
0: no derail away it's totally fine i was i am going to talk quite a bit about the toxins thing but it's good to have some background information on the plant cause
1: it's a flower
0: thank you yeah. <laughs> uh back to what they look like so there they have a body and a head and legs <laughs> so <seems> unique the legs are located on the thorax, and the head and the thorax actually have little white dots like all over them. They're kind of polka spotted, which is so cute. And then the abdomen is all black. The legs are located on the thorax. Like I mentioned, there are six of them because they are an insect, and they really only use their middle and hind legs when they're like walking or hanging from something, but they don't really use their front legs for those things, which I think is interesting.
1: Yeah, I see these things flying a lot, but. Seeing a picture of them up close, I've never really looked at what their body looks like. It looks different than I imagined. I always imagine like a butterfly being like, I don't know, like a like a worm with wings, like a cylindrical tube and then like having wings attached. And hmm. this is not really shaped like that. It's kind of shaped like, a, I don't know, like a peanut
0: or like a bean.
1: Yeah, like a bean, kidney well,
0: bean. I think the picture that you're looking at, you can only see the thorax in the head. So like oh. you can't see the cylindrical abdomen, which makes you think it's like a worm.
1: Yeah, it looks way different.
0: <laughs> okay. Maybe it's just a weird picture. No, I think it's just...
1: I like the polka dots. It's I black. love the polka dots. Is it black with white polka dots or white with black everywhere else?
0: Mm, it's definitely <laughs> black with white polka dots. It looks cool. <laughs> I like it too. They do have antennae uh, because they're bugs. And they have eyes. That seems good. Their eyes are actually really very advanced. So some experiments on monarchs have suggested that they can see in something called tetrachromic range of, in a tetrachromic range of colors. So they have the ability to see ultraviolet wavelengths as well as blues and greens. And then they have a fourth photoreceptor that participates in orange filtering that allows them to see yellows and oranges as well.
1: Okay. So ultraviolet, it would be like higher than the spectrum from which we can see, right? Correct. So they can see more yes colors above the spectrum of us. Very cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they actually can use their vision of ultraviolet light to navigate as well, which is really cool. And their vision is based on wavelengths only, not intensity kind of like ours is like more intensity based. Theirs is just just wavelengths. It's called true color vision. But when they're when they're eating and mating and reproducing, all these things are really important because distinguishing colors helps them to see other butterflies, the types of flowers they're approaching, and that they need to eat or reproduce on. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, we don't talk about bugs very often that actually have good vision. So this yeah, is a happen. good change of pace. Maybe it's like if you fly, you probably have more vis- better vision. Who knows? I
0: think it's a flowers thing. I think it's a pollinator oh, thing. Oh,
1: because they need flowers.
0: Mm-hmm, I see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is true that color is the most important thing for them. In all cases, except for when they are ready to lay their eggs. So in that case, it flips where shape is more, in color, more important than the color is, because there's a one very specific plant that they have to lay their eggs on, and that plant has a very distinct leaf shape, but not very distinct coloration.
1: Okay, so yeah, they they need that plant, but it's hard to tell just based on color. Correct. Mm.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. So they do have wings. Uh, duh, it's a butterfly. Um, they have four beautiful wings, two large forewings wings, and two smaller but still pretty large hind wings. And you can see all four pretty much at all times, unless you're looking at them from the side like you are here, Matt. Mm. You can only see two, but if they open, boom, big wings, four of them. Mm. You can see all of them. <laughs> all right, so they do have some anatomical defenses. They participate in malarian mimicry which wards off predators. It's basically aposmetism like we talk about often. Um, it's warning predators that they don't taste very good. And it's honest in this case. But the reason it's oh, Malarian... Oh, you tried them? Oh, no, I would never. <laughs> the reason it's called Malarian mimicry is because there's another species that also doesn't taste very good that looks very similar to monarch butterflies. And they kind of both mimic each other to be like, hey, none of us taste good. Don't eat us.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't look appetizing to me.
0: I don't want to eat them either.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they are actually kind of fast, not as fast as some bugs that we've talked about, but they do fly at about six miles per hour, which is great because they have long distances to fly sometimes. So let's get into that. Where are they found? Different monarchs live in different areas of the world. Then I'm going to break it down pretty specifically. the plexibus, or the North American, as it's commonly called. Is actually found kind of all over the world. They're found in Hawaii, in Australia, New Zealand, Spain. How'd
1: they get to Hawaii? That's so far away. They flew there. They flew over the ocean.
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the Pacific Islands and, of course, North America. Then de Iripus, the southern monarch, is found in tropical and subtropical areas of South America, namely Brazil, Uruguay, Paraguay, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, and Peru.
1: It's a lot and of places.
0: Yes. And then the cleophile or the Jamaican monarch lives in you guessed it Jamaica. Oh, but
1: I never would have guessed.
0: But they also live like from a range from Jamaica all the way to Hispaniola.
1: Yeah. And uh yeah, they probably got to Hawaii based on like riding the boats as caterpillars or something.
0: That's yeah. usually
1: how those things work.
0: Very possible, but they're really, really good flyers. So, how the range of these butterflies changes with the season because monarch butterflies are migratory. Mm. Hmm. That's kind of the whole deal. Yeah, now you that. know again. I know again. Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, these migrations are made annually, specifically for the North American monarch. And what they do is in the Americas, they range from like Southern Canada all the way down to like Northern South America. But they have been found in, in a lot of places. I realized as I was reading over my notes that um, this episode has a lot of lists. I'm going to give you so many lists. You're going to have here. Just, I love lists. <laughs> just so many places, so <laughs> many things in a row.
1: All kinds to do, grocery, <laughs> those are those are my those favorite. are the
0: main ones yeah, yeah i
1: can't think of any more probably other ones um yeah regrets lots oh, of lists make, of
0: that's <laughs> a bad list don't make those that's no good Anyways, dreams to the list the, some of the places that they have been found are bermuda the cook islands cuba the solomons the caribbean islands new caledonia Papua new guinea Papau new
1: guinea I don't know.
0: It doesn't matter. The Azores, the Canary Islands, Madeira, Portugal. Ooh, this one I don't know if I can pronounce. Gibraltar. Oh, that sounds
1: that <laughs> sounds correct if I've ever heard it. Ah, Gibraltar.
0: <laughs> also the Philippines and Morocco. And sometimes, by accident, in the UK. So they get around.
1: Yeah, they got, they got a lot of places they go, uh, most of which I don't know where they are in the world. Right. Sad to say.
0: Yeah, I'm not a geography major, that's for dang sure. So, in the winter, the North American monarch are typically found in Mexico or parts of the southern U.S. So, Florida, California, Arizona, those types of places. Mm -hmm. That's why we know them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But they can be as far north as Virginia on the east coast. Basically, anywhere that they migrate to has to have perfect conditions for their winter needs. It has to have streams, sunlight, roosting vegetation, and minimal predation, or predators. The sunlight is particularly important because they need sunlight to warm themselves enough to fly. So, they have to have sunlight in order to migrate, because they have to fly to migrate.
1: Interesting. So, if they're not warm enough, then they can't, like, fly move. fast yeah, enough they, or Yeah, they something. can't
0: move their wings. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. But some of the plants... Wait,
1: are wings like giant solar panels?
0: Theirs are.
1: That's very cool.
0: (laughs) I like it. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Tiny little solar panels for just them.
1: They're big compared to... For them, they're big.
0: That's true. That is true. Anyways, they like to roost over winter on very specific plants. Those plants include. Here's another list for you.
1: What's a roosting also?
0: Oh, yeah. It's like, um... They hang out on a tree or a plant, but, like, a lot of times when I'm talking about overwintering, it's underneath something or, like, hiding inside something. They they just stick to the side of the tree and just go to sleep.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Yes, roosting. I see. Yes. The plants include basswoods, which are trees, elms, <laughs> sumac trees? trees, which are trees, locust trees, which are trees, oaks, what are trees? They are <laughs> <laughs> mulberries, osage orange trees, pecan trees, or pecan trees, depending on how you like to say that. Willows, cottonwoods, and mesquites. That's all a lot trees. Of trees. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when they're breeding, however, they actually enjoy. A very different type of plant. So they need very different things, have different requirements, and so they're found in very different environments like pastures, prairies, gardens, agricultural fields, and residential areas rather than like foresty places. Mm.
1: This is because
0: they need milkweed. Ah, uh, uh-huh.
1: milkweed. We learned about that we earlier. Did.
0: Yeah, it's a plant that's vital to the larval stage.
1: Yeah, and it also looks like a flower.
0: And if you bite it, there's milk or something. Yeah,
1: it's toxic.
0: Right. Yes. (laughs) But I wanted to circle back to the migration because there's kind of a lot to it. So the quote unquote North American monarch migrates annually, so every year, and their migration is multi-generational. So it's not one butterfly doing the entire thing. It's two or more butterflies, one butterfly going one way and then... One or more butterflies going back,
1: so they like ride right on each other's backs.
0: False, <laughs> no, but that's a fun idea. But yeah, each generation only participates in like half or less of the migration. I get
1: it; they do part of it, they die, and then a new one takes over and continues. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's your whole life is going ha- doing half of something.
0: Well, to them, it's a whole thing. They made it to their destination,
1: but then, did they though?
0: Yeah, I, I, yes, <laughs> I'm gonna say yes because I feel bad for the monarchs otherwise. <laughs> but yes, those that are found east of the Rocky Mountains migrate to Mexico or parts of Florida, and the other ones will go to like Southern California to like Central California. So those are the ones on the, the west of the Rockies, but those on the east. There's actually a very special monarch reserve in Medico, Mexico, that's dedicated to these beautiful bugs to keep them safe.
1: Interesting. I had something and I totally lost it.
0: Is it about Rockies?
1: Mm, No. Okay.
0: Oh, are they just
1: chasing good weather their whole life? Is that really what's going on? I mean, yeah. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's never a destination, really.
0: Anyways, I, mean, I, I think there's like there is sorta. It's Mexico.
1: <laughs> they just go back and forth between the good weathers, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. They're really just chasing good weather, but oh, also they're chasing specific plants They that oh, also true. need milkweeds. Right. We
1: learned about that one.
0: That's the one with the milk. <laughs> yes. Uh, but this this monarch reserve in Mexico is called the Mariposa Monarca. Biosphere Reserve, and it's a very common common tourist site that brings in lots of revenue. But that said good for them. Good, yeah, good for Mexico. Yeah. Not so good for the butterflies, though. Tourism is actually not the best for them. I mean, it's not the worst either, but it does the high human interaction does decrease their survival rates because the butterflies end up with like less protein in their bodies to sustain them, and it lowers their immune responses and their oxidative defenses. So not great for them. But still, it's a nice suggestion. Is it just because we're bugging them? Yeah, we're bugging them. We've got diseases. We're just not great we're for them. We're a little bugs. too
1: hands-on sometimes.
0: Sometimes, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's okay. It's still nice that it exists. It's, yeah, they I mean, got they, chose, they
1: showed up there, right? They did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's their fault. Anyway, the butterflies from, oh, I already talked about that. That's Southern California. I think there is um, a reserve out there for them as well, but I didn't look it up because nice. I'm bad. I'm a bad person.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're not a bad person. <laughs> you just forgot to look that one thing up. It's fine.
0: Yeah. I and if, it, so. even
1: if it's there or not, does it really matter?
0: No, it's still bad for them. The tourism and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also good for them because a safe space. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> when these butterflies migrate, the migration south is made by the first generation, like I mentioned. They fly 1,200 to 2,800 miles to get to their site for overwintering.
1: That's pretty far.
0: That's very far. I couldn't do that. Could you fly that far? How
1: mal- how far was it? 1,200 to
0: 2,800. 1,200 to
1: 2,800. That's pretty far.
0: That's a lot of miles.
1: It's like... Half the United States, maybe. I don't know how, how far. I don't, is it? Know. I,
0: don't know. I don't know
1: how many kilometers. <laughs>
0: it's from southern Canada to Mexico. So. Okay, that's pretty far. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty far for sure. They hibernate when they when they get there, and that's from November to like mid March. Then the second through fourth generations, depending on the species and like what's going on, make their way back up north kind of like we were just talking Mm -hmm. about right as i previously mentioned they actually do use their ability to see ultraviolet light to orient themselves so that they can make these migrations because they use the sun to see kind of where they're at and where they're going
1: i mean that makes sense you know if it rises and what or like was it rising the east East? set in the west so you can use that to fly north and south it makes sense
0: yeah smart bugs i know super cool really cool i also think so some monarchs because they've spread so worldwide they don't migrate anymore so all this stuff is talking about specifically the D. Plexippus, but i think some other ones do migrate as well it's just this one is the most well-known and a lot of them don't migrate anymore why not because they're chilling they, they found good weather
1: oh okay well good yeah, they made it they did it they finally found the great valley
0: Ah, oh, what a good movie!
1: Oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's just a if reference. you know, you
0: know. If you don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what they eat. Young caterpillars uh, of the monarch butterfly.
1: Not just general right, caterpillars, right?
0: They only and very exclusively eat milkweed plants.
1: Oh, we learned about those earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we did. Yes. <laughs> Once they reach adulthood, though, they, the adults feed on the nectar of lots of different species. And guess what I have for you?
1: A list. It's a list. Nice. It's
0: another list for just you and all these people listening.
1: I love lists.
0: That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some of the plants that they like to feed on are milkweed. Oh. We learned about that oh, one. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh,
1: I totally forgot.
0: <laughs> um, also, Indian hemp, thistle. New World aster, wild carrots. Those that were that was a fun one for me. I was like wild carrots. Mm. Yeah, not those tame <laughs> carrots. Uh, something called not those
1: square carrots. It's <laughs> the uh, the wild ones.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't the wild ones be the square ones because they're feisty?
1: No, square's like boring.
0: Oh, like square, like like a nerd. Yeah. Okay. Poor carrots. Anyways, something called teasel, cone flowers, horseweed, spotted Joe pieweed, weed, common bone <laughs> set. Dames rocket, blazing stars, goldenrods, lilacs, red clover, and tail ironweed. Some of these are so fun.
1: Yeah, is this some sort of game where I'm supposed to guess which ones you made up? <laughs> no, because but I'm, gonna I'm start
0: doing I'm that. I'm <laughs>
1: definitely going with the Joe pie weed.
0: <laughs> the spotted Joe pie weed? You don't <laughs> yeah, believe that no. one?
1: <laughs> that can't be real.
0: Uh, not that, but the cone flowers are fine. No, that <laughs> I mean,
1: I feel like if you are trying to trick me, it probably is the cone flower.
0: They're all real, though. I love that game, and I'm definitely going to try to implement it in see You should, yeah.
1: Every time you have a list, just throw some nonsense in there and okay. see if I can figure it out.
0: I love that. <laughs> okay, there's some more lists, maybe. I'll try. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's what the Monarch Butterflies eat. They actually do drink as well. They do so in kind of a funny way. They drink from wet gravel or damp soil in a in a kind of drinking that is adorably called mud puddling. Mud puddling, eh? Mud puddling. Isn't that so cute? I mean, I guess. I think it's cute. Whatever. Sometimes <laughs> butterflies do, however, get <laughs> confused by oil stains on the street. So they'll think that they're wa- a water source and try to drink from them, but, they- but they're but they just oil stains, so nothing happens. Oh, they're
1: actually stains. They're not mm-hmm. like oily puddles. Right. And then they're like, huh, this is um, some dry water.
0: Yeah, yes, <laughs> very dry water and not very moisturizing. That is pretty funny, though. <laughs> Um, so we know what they eat, what eats them?
1: Oh, mmm, can I guess?
0: You can guess, but it's a little complicated.
1: Ooh, uh frogs with lasers.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> no.
1: Uh, marmosets?
0: What's a oh a marmoset, like a pygmy marmoset?
1: Sure. I don't oh, you even just, know just said a word. Is.
0: Okay, it's like little tiny monkeys.
1: Oh, okay. Um uh... It's okay,
0: I'm just gonna tell you. So <laughs> The caterpillars and butterflies of the species, as I mentioned earlier, are aposmatic, which means that they have very vivid coloration and striking patterns that tell predators they're not yummy and don't eat them. Yeah. Right. So this is true because of what they eat. You mentioned earlier that milkweed is toxic. Yes. That's because it, can, it has something called cardiac glycosides within it, which are toxins or poisons that could, if in high enough concentrations, kill vertebrate species like humans, um, but are not really known to kill invertebrates, although they do still make them taste bad regardless. Mm. So that's something to think about. How toxic the butterfly or caterpillar is depends on the concentration of these cardiac glycosides in the milkweed that they eat. So if they eat a lot of them, then they're more toxic.
1: Yeah, okay, so they eat these probably on purpose, or is it just a coincidence, you think?
0: Hmm.
1: Or is it just a nice benefit? It's it might like, just yeah, be a benefit. We like these, and they make us hard to eat.
0: I think it's sort of um, somewhere in between. Hmm. mm mm-hmm. Where they just kind of evolved together as the reality of the situation. I don't think it was like a choice, but like it works out for them. So. Yeah, it worked out great. Good for them. Yes. So, the wings and the abdomen have the highest concentrations of, of these toxins within the insect, and different milkweed species have different concentrations. So some species of monarchs are actually not unpalatable because they feed on milkweed species that are not very high in these toxic chemicals.
1: Like, huh, these ones are not that unpalatable.
0: Right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> However, they still rely on their coloration to avoid predation. So they still look like other monarchs, so predators don't eat them. This is called bastian mimicry, and it's fibs.
1: Yeah, pretending that you taste bad, but you probably do taste good. Right. (laughs)
0: Gotta be willing to take a chance if you want a good snack. So true. So even when the monarchs are toxic, some predators have learned to eat more palatable parts of them and leave behind the wings and the abdomen. That's sad. I know. But (laughs) smart for the predators, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, they do have predators. Lots of them are birds pretty much all of them are birds
1: they're always birds that's birds. why i try to mix it up
0: that's true frogs
1: with laser beams it sounds like way more unlikely but cool
0: Way very cool yeah they slightly could just less laser, likely than a bird though laser off the abdomen and the wings and eat all the good parts oh
1: wow yeah yeah
0: see huh?
1: i just thought they just had it i didn't know they used oh, it oh they just
0: have lasers for yeah. nothing
1: no i mean for to because it's cool
0: it is pretty cool <laughs> that's so fair <laughs> But yes, most of these birds do just kind of eat around the bad parts, but some birds have developed other methods of eating these butterflies. The black backed Oriole, I think that's how you pronounce that Oriole.
1: Oriole. Oriole.
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they can taste if the butterfly has really high toxicity and choose not to eat it. So they'll just like spit it back out. Then another bird, the black headed gosbeak. Developed an insensitivity to the poison and can just eat them without vomiting.
1: Oh, that's convenient.
0: I know because these two species actually do eat the monarchs with the high toxicities. They too have toxins present in their body. so they have to go through like periods where they stop eating the monarchs altogether so that they don't die.
1: Huh. Yeah, that's a that's a really high risk for that food. But I guess if no one else is eating them, it's going to be plentiful.
0: Exactly. So Plus, worth I mean,
1: the worth the the risk. Then
0: what, what, what if they're really hungry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, but this cycle actually reduces, re- reduces, okay, reduces <laughs> predation by fifty percent. So that little like waiting period helps the butterfly population quite a bit
1: by fifty percent. By
0: fifty percent. Yes. That's a lot. Uh, guess what I have for you? Other bird predators include.
1: Oh, are you gonna throw a fake one in there?
0: I don't know. I'm gonna have to think of one on the spot now. Which is. Oh, I don't it's okay. Do you don't it. got it this time. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I tried to, and I was like, no, it's too much. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Okay, so other bird predators include brown thrashers, robins, cardinals, grackles, common crows, sparrows, scrub jays, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, pinyon jays, and bulbul birds in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I know a couple of those.
0: I do too, yeah.
1: I knew the bulbo bird, Did definitely. You, yeah,
0: you knew that one that one's for my sure. favorite. <laughs> Other types of predators include rodents, who are actually able to eat pretty large quantities of these specific toxins, just in general, so good for them.
1: Of course they could, they're mm-hmm. rodents.
0: Yeah, so mostly mice or black-eared mice, which is different somehow. They have different color
1: ears, obviously. They got
0: different ears. Another predator is the Asian lady beetle, who only eats the eggs and the first instar of the larva to kind of avoid some of that toxicity. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then there's pre- uh, nope, Chinese mantis, who eats the caterpillars, but they remove the gut to avoid the toxins.
1: Smart. So just that's just actually a very... Out, throw it away. That's some extra stuff. Oh, mantises are very smart. They
0: really are. So cool, like, too. we'll
1: just we just know exactly where the toxins are. We'll just remove that and then the rest is good food. Mm-hmm. All the other things are just eating the whole thing and then they're like Bleh.
0: <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh and then predatory wasps. So there are some larvae that are able to avoid the, the fate of the predatory wasp by uh dropping off of the leaf that they're on to remove the wasp from them, or like shaking vigorously to like shake it off.
1: I mean, that would be my instinct.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this works for them apparently, so good for them. But yes, overwintering adults actually become less toxic as the rest, uh, or as they rest, which makes them more vulnerable to predation. So, fourteen percent of the monarchs that overwinter in Mexico are eaten.
1: Well, that makes sense because they're not they're not eating for the time they're overwintering, so the chemical is leaving their system. Exactly, it's getting broken down or something. Yeah or has, right. a, has a shelf life or half life or whatever. Maybe both. Who's
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to say? But yeah, these predators can eat up to 40 butterflies a night, but this level of predation is actually not bad for the butterfly populations and doesn't really harm their numbers because it's part of the natural order of things. So they kind of like overcorrect. Just circle. Sort of yeah, you know
1: how it goes there's it's yeah. going to be prey and predator and then they're doing they're eating this plant and then these bugs are getting eaten and it's just a whole circle thing
0: exactly a yeah, whole it's a whole normal. thing that's circular yeah <laughs> yes so we are running pretty low on time so i'm going to cut it here Which is, you know, it's a decent place to stop. I think this is great. Yeah, so we're going to talk about reproduction and life cycle and kind of how they live and cool stuff for sure. Uh, As well as a lot of stuff on how common they are and their environmental impacts next week. Sweet. Yeah. Yes, I do actually have a shout out for you guys for this week. It is at E-L-I-A-S-O-N photos. On Instagram, it is a photo of a bunch of monarchs on a tree, like, overwintering in a group. Nice. Yeah, it looks like a cluttered mess, but, like... It's, Zoom in. Just look at it. Yeah. It's nice. It's just butterflies. But you can't really see, like, the butterfly and what it looks like. But you can see what it looks like when they're migrating, which is great.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for letting us use your photo. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, thank you so much. And go check out their photos. They have a lot of, like, cool landscapey type stuff. Awesome. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, I hope you guys don't mind too much about the two-parter, but I appreciate you guys listening. If you want to go look at that photo, you can get to it at just bugs podcast on Instagram. You can also reach us for your listener requests or your listener photos of bugs or just stories of bugs or other bug related stuff.
1: Questions, facts,
0: Mm -hmm, related
1: mm -hmm. to bugs. Anything bug, anything in plus bug.
0: Anything plus bug yeah. at just bugs at gmail, which I feel like should now be any anything plus bug podcast at gmail, but that's not it's our not. name. <laughs> it's
1: not. It's, it's just not. bugs. <sighs> yeah. Podcast at gmail.com. And it then is. Write and review the show. Tell your friends. I appreciate if you do those things. And I we also I- have a Patreon if you mm-hmm. feel like supporting us. Uh Just Bugs on Patreon mm-hmm. where we have early episodes. Mm-hmm um you get to make a prioritized request you get to do polls
0: and lots of people just like comment on things and we respond to the comments we're very like involved in our patreon so yeah you if you want more interaction with us it's more direct do that
1: yeah oh and i've been doing bug related comics when i have time to draw
0: they're very (laughs) fun they're very fun but yes all those things i think that's it thank you so much for listening and as always don't squish bugs. Don't squish bugs. Especially not butterflies. How rude.
1: Oh, man, that'd be hard. You need to get some airtime before you can land on those guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you guys. Bye.
1: Bye.